we open the scriptures to John 17. We will read the whole chapter together and the verse we will reflect upon briefly this New Year's morning is verse 11. John 17. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son may also glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known all They have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, And thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. 
I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Thus far we read. Call your attention to verse 11. And now I am no more in the world. But these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. It's quite something. To listen to Jesus praying. Often when we study Christ and prayer in the scripture. We study Christ's instruction about prayer. Every year or two as we go through the catechism. We study in Jesus' school of prayer as we go through the Lord's Prayer. And perhaps when we think of Jesus and prayer, that's the first chapter of the Bible that comes to mind. Matthew 6, where in response to the disciples' question, Lord, teach us to pray. Their request, teach us to pray. Jesus delivers to them the Lord's Prayer. But here in John 17... We don't have Jesus teaching us how to pray, though much instruction about prayer can be gleaned from this chapter. But we simply get to observe and listen in to our Savior praying. Not just any prayer. As you know, John 17 is Jesus' high priestly prayer, his great intercessory prayer, his last prayer for his disciples at the conclusion of his upper room discourse, the very night that he was betrayed. And this prayer was very likely prayed by our Lord right before he went to Gethsemane to begin the final stage of his work of suffering for our sins. It is the prayer the night of his betrayal, the prayer right before his death on the cross. Jesus says, I am no more in the world. He speaks as if his work is complete because he is entering into the final stage of that work. And from the point of view of God's eternal counsel, it is as good as complete for the Messiah, the Christ, shall not fail. How beautiful it is That on the eve of our Lord's greatest suffering, an hour before he enters into his greatest trial, our Savior's heart and his mind is fixed upon 
his disciples. And not just the eleven. But his disciples who will be gathered through the word that will go to the ends of the earth. Through the ones that he sends. His people of all ages. His people who are yet in the world. Us. This New Year's morning. As we enter another year. In the world. For our encouragement and for our strengthening. We listen to Jesus pray. And we focus our attention on. One particular petition that Jesus prayed for us. And this is something extraordinary to think about. Our Savior praying for us. That's something He did right before He went to the cross. And it's something He doesn't stop doing after The cross after the resurrection. For as Hebrews 7 verse 25 says. He liveth ever to make intercession for us. As our only high priest. Part of his work. A big part of his work. His continuous work in his state of exaltation. Between his ascension and his second coming. Is to pray to the Father for us. Thus the petition prayed here. Is a petition he continues to pray. Holy Father. Keep them. We want to reflect on those words. This New Year's morning. And draw from them comfort. Our theme is. Holy Father. Keep them through thine own name. That petition. Holy Father, keep them through thine own name. Two points. The first point, the Savior's parting petition. We'll look at the petition itself. And then secondly, the comfort it gives us. The Savior's parting petition, the comfort it gives us. Let's focus our attention this New Year's morning on the Savior's parting petition, or one of the Savior's parting petitions, one of several petitions in His great high priestly prayer. And now, I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to Thee. Holy Father, keep through Thine own name those whom Thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. We're going to Look at this petition by breaking it into two parts. We're first briefly going to look at for whom it is made. And then for what our Savior asks. For whom? It is striking that a couple verses before our text in verse 9. Jesus says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world. As Jesus departs from the world, he says, I pray not for the world, but for them. And Jesus draws a stark contrast between them and the world. The world refers to fallen humankind apart from Christ. 
in distinction from the them. And our text specifies who the them is. These are in the world. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me. This petition of our Lord Jesus Christ brings to the foreground one of those truths that is woven throughout the entirety of the Holy Scriptures. The great truth of sovereign election. A truth that is by no means cold or abstract or cruel, but is warm and wonderful. The typical way that Jesus speaks about election is a kind of gift giving of God the Father to God the Son. Those whom thou hast given me. That's how Jesus describes his sheep. How he describes his people. They are those whom God in eternity has chosen to be saved through Jesus Christ. And in eternity gives to Jesus Christ to be his own. And in time God sent Jesus into the world with the mission of redeeming and saving and sanctifying and bringing home those the Father gave him. Jesus' mission in the world was very focused. Ever was his focus upon those the Father gave him. Those the Father gave him. And he came to give himself for all those the Father gave him. Jesus speaks this way earlier in the Gospel of John, for example. Think of John 6, verse 39. Or rather, verse 37, where Jesus says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Those whom the Father gives to Christ, the Father also gives the gift of faith so that they come to the Christ to whom they were given. The Christ who gives His life for them that they might be lifted up on the last day as John 6.39 says. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me that of all which He hath given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. Day. Jesus' mission in the world is to save those the Father gave him. Now, in the context, Jesus is especially referring here to his 11 disciples, minus the 12th, the son of perdition, who was not given to Christ to be saved by his atoning sacrifice. The disciples. Was John 15 verse 16 says, Jesus himself had chosen to be his. And it is touching here, very touching that as Jesus, as it were, goes out the door into the darkness, heading to Gethsemane, knowing precisely what awaits him there, knowing precisely that his greatest trial is coming, his heart and mind is fixed upon his disciples and he prays for them. He is concerned about them as they enter the trial of that night. Jesus knows very well that when the shepherd is smitten, the sheep shall be scattered and his heart is upon them, those who were given to him. But Jesus' mind extends beyond them 
to his disciples of all ages. His mind is upon all that God has given him. The whole church, his body, his bride, conceived in election, to be redeemed by his blood, to be given new birth and renewal by his spirit. And so if we read on in in the prayer of our Lord, in verse 20, Jesus says, Neither pray I for these only, his eleven disciples, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. For whom? John 17, Jesus prays for his disciples. Believer, for you, for you. Think about that. Ages ago, Before you were born, you were in the mind of Christ. You were in the mind of Christ as He entered His most trying hour. And if you were in the mind of Christ as He entered into His most trying hour all the way back then, are you not In the mind of Christ. Now. If in ages past. When the son of God in our flesh came. To discharge the work of the Messiah. To perform the will of the father. To redeem. All that the father gave him. If you were on his heart and mind then. So you are now. And in this new year. And in the years to come. But now let's enter into the petition itself. Seeing for whom. Answer the question now for what? What is the content of this particular parting petition of our Savior? Jesus prays. Holy Father. Keep them. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Really, the substance of this petition is all captured by that word, keep. Which means hold on to and don't let go. Father, hold on to those that thou hast given me. And that I go forth to redeem. Hold on to them and don't let them go. Maintain them. Preserve them. Protect them. Guard them. What a beautiful thought that is. As we sang in the versification of Psalm 90. O God our help in ages past. Our hope for years to come. Be thou our guard while troubles last and our eternal home. Jesus prayed that petition for you, people of God, long before these words ever came from your heart and from your lips. Be thou our guard, Holy Father, keep through thine own name. So what is this keeping for which Jesus asks and beseeches the Father? 
We understand that this keeping is not a keeping out of the world or out of the troubles of the world. Be thou our guard while troubles last. We go through troubles. The disciples were about to go through a bunch of troubles. Jesus' petition cannot mean here that he's asking God to pluck his people out of the world, out of the world's troubles, and to spare them all of that trouble. If that was the case, then this petition would go unanswered because the disciples, think about what was going to happen to them that night, scattered from Gethsemane. Keep means preserve through the troubles. Preserve in the troubles. We are in the world, as the text says. In John 16, 33, earlier in the discourse, Jesus had said this to his disciples, In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And in John 17, verse 15, Jesus says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. We enter into a new year. We enter into this year because it is God's will that we yet pilgrimage here below. It is not His will to lift us up out of this world, but that we continue here. But now the petition, the parting petition of our Savior is, Holy Father, as they continue in the world, keep them. Keep them from the evil. Twenty twenty four will have its evils, will have its trials. Remember what Jesus says in Matthew 6, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, well implying there that every day, let alone every year, is going to have its evils to face, its troubles, its trials. Keep, keep, keep them, Father. Keep them in and through the trials. Keep them to the end. Keep them in such a way that those trials, in the end, benefit them. Keep them, is the Savior's petition. Unto the end, the end that I so desire. The end that Jesus gives expression to in verse 24. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory. There's the end. And the keeping for which our Savior prays is a keeping that gets us from now, through as many years in this world that are appointed for us, to there, to Jesus, to be with him where he is. And so let's notice a few things about this petition for keeping. In the first place, it's a petition for the preservation of the saints. It's a precious truth of the Reformed faith. And it's a truth of the Reformed faith because it's a truth of the Bible. The preservation of the saints is the biblical teaching that God saves His people and never lets them become unsaved. Those given to Christ 
and redeemed by his blood can never be plucked from his hand. And that's what the Savior is praying for. Preservation is part of the saving work of God. It's part of the saving work that Christ himself performs by his spirit from his throne in heaven in his state of exaltation. Jesus said at the cross, it is finished. He had accomplished the work of redemption, obtaining for us all salvation. But now in the state of exaltation, he continually applies those blessings to us and we are kept. In the salvation won for us upon the cross. And so in this parting petition Jesus is saying. Father keep them preserve them in my salvation. Keep them through thine own name. Or you could translate it in thine own name. And there's several ideas here. God's name is the revelation of all that he is. All who he is. All of his attributes. To be kept in or through the name of God means to be kept by the power of God. The Psalms more than once speak about God as our shield. Or the name of God as our defense. The fullness of the divine being, all of his attributes arrayed around us as an impenetrable shield, a bulwark, a support. That's the idea. Keep them, Father, by thy own almighty power. Keep them under the shadow of thy wings. Keep them in thy everlasting arms. Keep them in thy strong high tower. Be unto them a rock and a fortress, my church. Which thou dost establish through my work. Let not the gates of hell prevail against it. Keep them. Keep them in thine own name. Implying also keep them in the faith. In thy own name. Preserve them. Father as the kindler of faith. The giver of faith. And also the sustainer of faith. As the world tries to snuff that flame of faith out. As our own sinful flesh surges up like a muddy stream. To quench that flame of faith. Keep. Keep. All the Christian certainty. All of our hope beloved. It's found in that one word, keep. Why do we have a hope for years to come? A certainty of an eternal home. Because God keeps, keeps his people. That's what Jesus prays. 2024, this petition of our Savior continues to be made for us. You see, the Savior's petitions are not one-time petitions. But when our perfect Lord and Savior prays for us, He expresses what is the unchanging desire and purpose the triune God. This is a prayer our Lord in the flesh uttered at His departing from this world, but it is a petition that lasts the whole length of time. 
those given to me. The text also points out now one of the great end goals of the Father's keeping of His people. Notice the end of our text. Keep through Thine own name those whom Thou hast given Me that they may be one as we are one. Jesus here prays for the unity of His people in the faith. In the truth of the gospel, union and fellowship with one another and with their God, that they may be one. That's language of purpose. Salvation, Jesus' whole work, his ministry aims at that. And the keeping, the preservation of the saints aims at that. It is unto unity and fellowship. That's the great goal of salvation. That is what glorifies God. The bringing together of His people into one. The joining of them in fellowship with each other. And the union of His people with Himself. And His fellowship with them. That's the most wonderful creation of grace. A people united to the triune God. To enjoy life with Him forevermore. And here we see another glimpse of the heart of our Savior in this parting petition. This is His deepest desire and goal. That's what His mind is upon. That's what His eyes are fixed on. As He goes to Gethsemane. As He goes to the Sanhedrin. As He goes to Pontius Pilate. As He goes to the cross. As He goes to the grave. That they may be one as we are. That's the essence of salvation. Union with God. Fellowship with God. And union with our fellow sons and daughters of the Father. The preservation of the saints works towards that end. What a beautiful goal. What a beautiful work that Christ, through the march of the ages, is bringing to completion. That's what He's doing in the New Testament. He went away. He ascended to heaven to gather by the Word and Spirit into one His people. That's the great mission of the church. Given at the Great Commission to preach the gospel, to make disciples of all nations, with a view to the final realization of this great purpose of our God, that we may be one. Here's a New Year's resolution. As a Christian people, to more deeply desire, appreciate, and express, and seek the unity and fellowship Christ and the unity and fellowship of one another in the body of Christ that we may be one people make all sorts of New Year's resolutions some better than others some worthwhile but how about this 
2024. As we go forward in this trouble-filled world. We're going to more intentionally, more consciously, more zealously hold together as the people of God. And express our oneness and our unity in love and in the gospel with one another and in fellowship. That oneness is never going to be expressed perfectly in this world because of sin and the brokenness and the division that sin causes. Yet nonetheless, it is what we are to strive for. Oneness in Christ. Fellowship in Christ. That's Jesus' desire and purpose for His people. And so let not 2024 be a year characterized by strife with a brother or a sister. Let not 2024 be a year that is marked by walking according to the ways of the world. But let us take our Savior's parting petition, showing us the desire of His heart, and make that our New Year's resolution. Well, we've reflected for a few minutes on the parting petition of the Savior. Let's finish by drawing a couple points of comfort from this petition. You can keep drawing. There's so much here. But for our purposes this morning, let's simply see what a comfort this is. This petition is. At the start of a new year. The mere fact that the Savior Prays for us. What a comfort that is. When we're going through hard times. We ask people to pray for us. People tell us they are praying for us. And that is of some encouragement to know. That a brother or sister in the church. Is thinking of me and in love. Is bringing my needs before the throne of grace. As believers we occupy the office of priest. The priesthood of all believers. And through the spirit we are to pray. Intercessory prayer for one another. But how much greater a comfort it is. To know that our high priest in heaven. Whoever has the ear of his father. Is praying for us. Day by day. Year by year. His mindfulness Of us never ceases. When he ascended. He did not forget about us. Among our human relationships. It's hard. To stay in touch. Perhaps when a friend moves away. To the other side of the country. We might have the best intentions. At the beginning. To stay in regular contact. With that friend who's moved far away. But life is busy. Our lives become distant. And before long. Often the case is we lose touch. Never is that the case. Between Christ and the people God gave him. The people he has redeemed. And the people he has ascended. To gather and to perfect and to bring home at the appointed time. His mind is ever upon us. And that parting petition shows us that. It's a petition that Jesus prays. Throughout the entire New Testament age. Holy Father. Keep them. In thy name. 
James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How much more does the prayer of the righteous man, the one whom 1 John 2 verse 1 calls Jesus Christ the righteous, how much more does his prayer for us avail. It avails perfectly. It is an effectual prayer. Here is the Christian's confidence. Here is the certainty of the preservation of the saints. Jesus asks for it. Does the Father ever decline or deny the request of His beloved only begotten Son, the exalted Christ who perfectly fulfilled the will of the Father and did all that He was sent into the world to do? The Bible sets that before us in several places because of the comfort it gives. Jesus, our intercessor, Jesus, our advocate, is ever at God's right hand. Jesus, the righteous. And his prayers are always answered. His prayer, Father, keep them through thine own name. This petition in our text is like Jesus' arms reaching down from heaven throughout the course of our earthly lives, holding us. Carrying us. And so 2024. We don't know what it holds. We can't see. More than a foot ahead of us. Down life's pathway. Our eyes cannot penetrate the dark mists of the unknown future. But this we know. 2024. Shall be a year of richly answered prayer. Jesus' prayer. Keep them, Father, through thy own name. Beloved, go forward with that comfort and confidence. Having heard and listened in, To Jesus' prayer for you. Jesus' prayer for you this year. Go forward. Confident in his safe keeping. And whatever is there in those dark mists of the future. None of it can ever take you from the Father's hand. The Father will keep you. Whatever trial you go through. Even if death is waiting there in the dark mists of the future. Death is the servant of the Father. It is the servant of the Christ who died for you. And when sickness comes. When trial comes. The Father keeps us through it. And when death comes. And we come to our last day in this world. It is the Father keeping us. It is the Father answering Jesus' prayer. Father I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. Our life's pathway shrouded in the mist, 
may have many winding turns. But it has only one end. Only one end. Where Jesus is. And however that path winds and turns. Your father keeps you. Every step of the way. Confidently walk through the door. Into 2024. The words inscribed above that door. Are ever true. Holy Father. Keep them. Through thine own name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that in this passage of Scripture Thou hast allowed us to listen in to one of our Savior's prayers. And as we listen in, we see into His heart. And as we listen in, we hear Him speak of us and His will for us, His plan for us, and His desires for us. And we know that his heart is thy heart. And all that he asks for, thou dost grant him. And so strengthen and comfort us by this. By listening into his prayer, may we go forward with confidence. Knowing that in the year before us, come what may, we are and forever shall be kept. By thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.